0: Smith surveys and then dishes off to Chris Russell. Left side for Yamamoto. He'll regroup in his own end and now skate away from Lindholm. McDavid with speed to the net. Wrist shot, score! Connor McDavid has given Edmonton its first lead of the night.
1: Connor McDavid, the game winner with 3.45 left in the third period. The Oilers snapped their three-game losing streak. A 3-2 decision tonight over the Calgary Flames. Thanks a lot for checking out Hartland Ford overtime open line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It is 10.57. McDavid with three points. Yamamoto had a goal and an assist. Chris Russell with a couple of assists tonight. And Mike Smith continues to impress. He's now 7-2 and two, coming up with 34 saves. Rob, we'll start with the game winner. And we we, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with some of the great goal scorers in the NHL that they can get that shot off so quick and from any position. And I'm watching that play and my eyes are starting to scan the slot, thinking, okay, who's going to the net, who's McDavid going to pass to, and then all of a sudden off the post and in.
2: Well, it it was a a wonderful shot. Markstrom was uh, very good tonight, and you wouldn't have expected that to go in from the angle it did, but it was a perfect shot by Connor McDavid. Uh, a, A number of things that happened on that play to create the goal. First, when you play with Connor McDavid, you have to have guys that can get him the puck when he needs it. Yamamoto coming up the ice, he got it into Connor's hands. The difference tonight between what Calgary did against Connor and Leon and what the Toronto did, the Toronto Maple Leafs took away that passing lane. They didn't allow the puck to get to Connor McDavid. They forced other players to carry the puck in. And from up here, you could see that play developing. I believe it was Dubé that was skating backwards at the time, I'm not positive, but there was a Calgary Flame skating backwards. He didn't look to see where the passing lane was. He didn't look to see where Connor was. He just stayed, just skated backwards, and allowed Yamamoto to make the play. And the defenseman can't go stand beside Connor. So when the puck went to Connor, Connor had time and space. Connor is the best in the National Hockey League with getting the first two steps. As soon as the puck got on his stick, he just took two quick steps. That separated him from anybody. When he's coming down on you in speed, I believe it was Tanev. He had no choice. But he had to back off because you got Connor McDavid you're going to back back off I'll keep him to the outside. So now Connor McDavid's got time. He's got time to decide okay, where am I going to go with the puck? Am I going to pass it? Am I going to shoot it? And he just kept going further and further in. Defenseman kept backing up and he got himself in a position that where now he's got a shooting lane. And what he's got that we don't probably see here enough of is an absolutely wicked wrist shot. And uh, the reason wrist shots are so effective wrist shot snapshot is they come out of nowhere a slap shot we saw him take a slap shot earlier in almost the same area when you see a slap shot the goalie is now setting himself up he knows the puck is coming on a wrist shot it can come at any moment and with Connor mcdavid in those positions as you said you're scanning the slot to see where it's going so is the goaltender the goaltender's thinking this is mcdavid he's probably not going to shoot from there he's trying to make a play where is leon dry where's the trailer And he caught Markstrom off guard. And it was an absolutely perfect shot. Goes on the inside of the post. Just barely crosses the line. But the Calgary Flames did not take the passing lanes away. They allowed Connor to carry the puck today. And then the big move tonight by Dave Tippett putting Leon and Connor together and the Calgary Flames just had nothing that they could put out against them. They were able to contain them.
1: Yeah. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Initially it was McDavid dry with Pooley Then Yamamoto got the bulk of the time there. So Nugent Hopkins moved to center between Cahoon and Yamamoto. And, and I thought that obviously helped the orders. And I just thought as the game wore on, they played better they did they they didn't have a great first period they adjusted the shot total so 21-10 calgary big difference yeah. it was 22-10 initially but but smith was uh, w- was very good And I thought the Oilers, a pretty good second period, a little more zone time, a little more time grinding, and then they're able to come back after giving up a goal early in the third.
2: Well, this is the one thing when Oilers, we've seen in the past, when they're within one going into the third, they're always in it. And you feel confident they're going to come back because they do have Leon, because they do have Connor. And uh, the number of opportunities that those two created in the third period, you're thinking, okay, uh, just as long as Mike Smith gives them that big save, that timely save, that the Oilers are going to be able to come back and win this hockey game. And Smith did make those saves. There were some breakdowns uh, for the Oilers in the third, a couple of good chances for the Calgary Flames. But in this game tonight, the Edmonton Oilers got the better goaltending. And unlike the three games against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Oilers superstars were far superior to the Calgary Flames superstars. Uh, I... This was a, a, a very off game, I believe. I know he scored a goal tonight, but Johnny Goudreau did not look like the Johnny Goudreau that we've seen in the past. Monahan had a very quiet night. And on the other end, you've got Connor and Leon, who were both excellent in this hockey game. Score They score all three goals and give the Oilers a, a much-needed two points against the Calgary Flames.
1: the Oilers take it, so they are now 15-11 on the season. The Flames are 11-12-2. They're going to play again tomorrow against Ottawa, then Ottawa is here on Monday. Daryl Sutter will, I believe he's running his first practice on Tuesday, so Ryan Huska will run the Flames bench again tomorrow night as uh, they are trying to keep within reach of the four teams within playoff spots in the North Division. The updated standings. And, and again, I've been doing this by points percentage. The Oilers are third when it comes to points with 30. One back of Winnipeg and two ahead of Montreal. But if you go by points percentage, it is Toronto free and clear despite losing their last two to Vancouver with a 731 percentage. Winnipeg at 646. Montreal... Who pounded Winnipeg tonight, Mm seven-one is six oh nine. Edmonton five seventy-seven, and then you have Calgary sitting there at four eighty. So obviously the Flames with some work to do, but you know there are games available for uh, for them to do it. And uh, you know Vancouver, you know, see this thing. You look at the points and think, oh, Vancouver's tied Calgary. Well, the points percentage is four eighty for Calgary, four twenty-nine for Vancouver because of the games played.
2: Well, the the team Calgary and, and Vancouver they need to have a run. Yeah. A big run, and that's why. Yeah, like why. the Oilers did. Yep, they did, and, and it's possible. I mean, it, it's one of those ones. You get a, a favorable schedule, and all of a sudden, you get a little bit of uh, a good thing going. Uh, that's why you see both Montreal and Calgary make coaches changes. They knew that they needed a run to be able to be a playoff hockey club, and they couldn't wait too late. And both Calgary, and Montreal, now with new coaches here, not even halfway through the season.
1: So a three-two win for the Oilers. That means a three hundred dollar donation to six thirty Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injuries, lo- uh, serious injury lawyers. They're given a hundred bucks for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. We thank them for that. And the Oilers finally broke a considerable drought. <laughs> you know, one goal in. What was it? well almost 11 periods it almost got to 11 periods but Pugliarvi scored with 259 late in the second period I I thought he was good I mean you look for little details in his game Rob and I've noticed he's he's around the net a lot and he's really starting to use his body more you know those little things shielding the puck being the first guy to initiate contact when, when there's a puck battle along the boards and and then the goal just right place, right time, and chip it in.
2: Now, I, I never got to see Poliarvi a lot in, in, when he was in junior. Obviously, I saw him at the World Juniors. I have a feeling that the way he plays now is completely different than the way he played before. He was a guy that would carry the mail, he'd make pretty plays, drive the net with the puck, uh, try to get, you know, toe-dragged, turn guys inside out, things like that. He's not capable yet of doing it at the national hockey level, but now the one thing he has is size. And he knows where to hang out. He understands that his role here is different. He's not going to be the guy that carries the puck through the neutral zone making plays. He's the guy that's driving through the middle. He's the guy that's hanging out at the blue paint, uh, getting rebounds, getting tips. And he can carve out a very nice career here playing with either a Connor or playing with a Leon because they're going to give him ample opportunities to put the puck in the net because they're always going to take the puck there. But, yeah, you're right. He's... very good around the net because he's got size and he's got nice hands. There's a lot of big guys that can hang around the net, but they get the puck on their stick and they're just throwing it into the goalie's pads one, two, three, four, five times and hope that the puck goes through the goalie. When he's around the net, he understands how to score goals. So he's got little extra time when he's in front of the net because he's able to absorb punishment, and then he can put the puck in the net. So, uh, he, again, another big goalie continues this nice little run he's on.
1: Oilers take it 3-2. You can get us on the Certainty Hotline 780-496-0063. But first, let's head to the Zoom Room. Tonight's winning goaltender, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology Body Scan and take the guesswork out of buying
3: a mattress. Here's Mike Smith. Uh, Mike, uh, it was a bit of a low point after the last two losses, so to come back with, with this kind of a win against Calgary, I know you guys always talk about staying on an even
4: keel, but can you just maybe describe the emotional or confidence boost that comes from uh, a win like this? Yeah, I think we'd, we wanted to nip it at the butt as, as quick as possible and what better way to do that than uh, you know a game against Calgary. And uh, I mean, every game's important, but when you come off of uh, three games in a row um, like we have and didn't play up to our capabilities and and uh we want to get it you know the ship righted as fast as possible so i thought tonight we we didn't start maybe as as well as we have in the past but we found a way to, to win to to get two points and that's all that matters when he puts mcdavid and dryside all together out there in the second period
3: you could kind of just see things turn a little bit from from your perspective at ice level watching it all go
4: down just what do you make of when those two guys are are on it like they were tonight I mean, anytime you put two of the best players in the world together, they're going to create offense, that's for sure. So I think it was, uh, you know, Tip has a good feel for the game, so it was nice to see them together and to kind of get back on the score sheet like they deserve to be. And, and uh, obviously, you know, huge, huge uh, you know, goal by Cap there to get us the win and, and uh, nice plays by, by Leo to, to set up another goal. So I think anytime your top players contribute to your team's success, it feels good for the group. Mark Spector, Sportsnet.
5: So tell me, Mike, about a team that, you know, you go through the trial thing and there's a lot of soul searching and changing, practicing and figuring it out. And you come out tonight and Calgary took it pretty good in the first period to you and you still, you know, massaged the lines and did a few things and you end up winning the game. Is it worth more when you kind of got to work for it like this maybe? (laughs)
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's something that's been talked about in our locker room the last few games. Is you know, how do we win games when it's not easy? And uh, I mean, it's never easy. But how do you win games when things don't go maybe as planned, or you get down, or you know, there's some adversity in the game? You know, that's something we've been talking about, and and we're trying to learn from. And and I think tonight was a prime example of that. You know, we we didn't have the first period we we you know we wanted to, but that didn't deter us from going out in the second and third and building a game and finding a way to win even though we were down and uh, you know it's a good lesson learned for a group you know it's not always going to be easy it's going to get harder and harder as the season goes on as you get closer to playoffs and into playoffs so I think our group you know is figuring that out I think we played you know a real good team in Toronto that kind of snuffed us out and kind of gave us a wake up call and um, you know if we want to be a top team in this league we you know there's standards that have to be set and we're figuring that out and we're learning every day that's perfect
6: thanks Mike Derek
4: Van
6: Dees, Post Media. Hey, Ryan, I just want to ask about matching that intensity level and that physicality that the Flames are, are bringing in that first period. Two big fights for you guys. How much is that give you that energy to kind of keep going and in that second and third?
4: Yeah. Anytime, you know, obviously Nurse he's a tough, you know, big man back there for us. And anytime he goes up against one of the toughest guys in the league, you know, it, it can't, they can't you know can't hurt at all so unless it hurts his knuckles but um you know it's a big boost for a group to see one of your leaders you know step up like that against uh just uh, a big man and and obviously Nealer is not known for his fighting but i thought he did real well against uh, a guy that kind of gets can get under your skin out there so i think uh both guys you know stepped up to the plate and gave our team energy and and uh came out on the right end of that one
6: And you talk about not everything's always going to go your way all the time. So you get out of that period just down one, nothing. How big was that that to kind of regroup and re-energize and weather that storm that you knew they were going to come out hard because they're trying to impress a new coach.
4: Yeah, for sure. I think you know when you're anytime you're you know there's a coaching change. Obviously, you know there's going to be emotion in the game. But we we felt the same emotion needed from our group, even though it didn't maybe show in the first little bit. But um, I thought just to stick with a game, you know, to stick with a game. It's not, like you said, it's not always easy, but it's the way you kind of finish the game off. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, I guess. So it was, uh, it was nice to come out on the right side of that one and get a huge two points for the group.
6: Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Mike, can you talk to Connor McDavid's shot? You see it all the time in practice. I don't think Connor gets
4: enough uh, kudos for his shot. He ripped that one right off, off the iron and into the net for the winning goal. Yeah, I mean he's an elite player, and his shot is included in that uh, category. So I think he's, it's something he's worked on, and I think he's, he's starting to shoot the puck more, which is uh, you know a dangerous tool when you have it all. So I think it's uh, you know to have to face in practice is obviously uh, you know it can only make you better to face the best. But um, to see him you know bury that one tonight obviously is a big probably relief for him after you know a few games not on the scoreboard, but a huge goal for a group and. You know gets us the two points so it's obviously big you know your leaders lead and they did tonight you
0: mentioned james neil who was a friend of yours fought have you given him any tips on fighting he's only had hadn't had a fight
4: in about five years so obviously he's a scorer and, and he's, he's big but he doesn't have a lot of fights did well he doesn't have a lot but i thought he he, he did real well i thought he did real well i think he uh the other guy might have a couple of lumps on his head after tonight
1: I wonder if Mike Smith is going to be the last goaltender in NHL history who will be asked about giving teammates tips on fighting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't hear it often, do you? I mean, when I played, there were a few guys that actually were capable of giving tips, Ron Hextall being one of them. but. Uh, again, it's guys getting outside their their comfort zone. And tonight, James Neal getting outside his comfort zone. I mean, at the very least, he took off uh, Kachuk for five minutes, and that's a good trade-off. So uh, standing up, and the Oilers needed a spark at that point because the first period, it could have been ugly if it not for Mike Smith. He was fantastic in the first period. The Oilers needed a spark. A couple of their veteran players came out, got into fights, did well and the Oilers were much better as the game went on.
1: Oilers take it 3-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063, courtesy CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. We have Colton on the line. Colton, I have a question before you ask a question. How is the calf you named after me doing?
7: Uh, He's doing really well. He uh, he scored a few goals. He's uh, skating really well, and uh, he's doing good. (laughs)
1: that's awesome buddy thanks for calling what's on your mind tonight uh
7: a few things actually uh i'm glad we got the win uh things were looking very good after the toronto thing there or whatever but like yeah we got the win but a few things concern me like i know we're missing Cassian and archibald like, I'll take a win, but I don't like how we get pushed around. Like, we didn't get totally pushed around, but we get out-hit. Like, I'd like a few bigger bodies. Like, like I don't want to be the team that gets out-hit and stuff, but, like, teams win without physicality, but, like, I'd like to see a team with some more physicality and a little tougher bodies. And like I said, we were missing Cassie and then... Archbald, and like, I get, I I love. I'm probably one of the biggest Archibald fans in Oil Country right now because that guy, he is like a. He, the way I think Archbald is, he's a he's a cat. He's a cat. He he always lands on his feet. He's he's what is he five? Like he's probably my size, but he's just he's tough as nails. He goes hard. He he hits like he's
1: yeah. He's yeah. a cement wall. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I t- thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it, Colton. Uh,
7: Reed's doing really good, by the way. He's
1: no, I, I appreciate that. That's <laughs> that's Colton, who often texts on Inside Sports, and he's quite uh, he's quite entertaining. And he, claimed, he may have just been going with there, but the other night he wrote in and claimed that he named a newborn calf. That's Reed, nice. Reed, after me. So, you know, I guess I'm honored. Uh, the hits tonight were, were 42-40 in favor of Edmonton. Looking on the stat sheet, uh, Brett Ritchie was credited with 8 for Calgary. Jujar Cara credited with 8 for the Oilers. I, I do think... They miss Archibald. He has an yep, element, absolutely. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Cassian for a while. Maybe he wasn't having the type of season we would want him to have. But if he if he plays that physical game, he is uh, he can be pretty effective. I I thought I thought the first period the flames were more physical Mm -hmm. and were quicker and were better passing they were pretty much better in in everything but I thought the Oilers ramped things up as the game went on and I would include a little bit of physicality in that
2: yeah I agree I the guy that this was one of the most physical games we've seen like there were some big hits thrown in this hockey game and after the last series the Toronto uh, Edmonton series I don't remember really many hits in in all three games so uh, to me, I mean, you can nitpick if you want, but at the end of the day, this was a, a huge win for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they pushed the Calgary Flames a little further behind, and if the Oilers win hockey games without throwing a hit, I'm fine with that too. I mean, it, it's the bottom line is you're putting the puck in the net more than the other team is uh, to you. Uh, Calgary is built a little bit bigger. That's the way their team is right now, especially with no Archibald or Cassian. You play to your strengths, and some guys get outside their comfort zone. Nurse went into a big fight. Neil fought a guy. Um, But you can't make guys play a different style. And at the end of the night, as you just said, the Oilers actually out hit Calgary. I don't know if I believe that. Um, Maybe Calgary's hits were just bigger and more noticeable. But it was a a physical game, and the Oilers absorbed it and came back and... Found a way to win a hockey
1: game. 3-2, the Oilers win it whenever they score five or more in a game. We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and take-out. Complete details, jvedmonton.ca. Well, Rob, it must be after 11 o'clock on a Saturday night because we have someone very special on the phone who keeps calling despite you, Rob Brown, Continually not fulfilling one of his life dreams, <laughs> but JP has called in anyway. Hey, JP, go ahead. <laughs>
8: yeah, we all know about this. It's been a long time, hopefully coming soon. I'm telling you right now, it has to. It has to. But anyway, let's get on the bus, taxi guys. Let me have a sip first. waiting for it, eh? But I'll tell you right now, based on our last conversation, let's move move on to a new one with the guy that's my jean Principe. i wanted to give a little homage to uh jean Principe. but let's get down to brass too? good to hear you guys but uh let's talk let's talk i don't want to say jp because i will confuse myself i've had too many drinks. yes this guy i'm so impressed with him i'm so impressed with the way he come back into the mix because it's think about this. The first was fiasco. But, I mean, we all know the story. We all know the story. But this guy's coming back and doing the simple thing, perfect. He grind, right position, hitting the corner, getting in the way, go to the net. He, uh, he, and you all know this, I, I tweeted this earlier. He doesn't want the puck too much on his stick too long. You could see him wind up every once in a while, oh, give me the puck. Then he's looking for quick pass, just a smart play, simple, simple. But he's always making the right play, and he's always in the right spot. he's paying off. Look at how he's going. Right on your front, bounce, boom, into a night, perfect. I can't wait for this guy to decide, ah, you know, it's time to maybe, I don't know, keep the puck a little long. Oh, look at me, look at me frame. Right. You want to touch me, Johnny, good job. Yep. Get out of my way. I move past this guy. I rip to the net. He's going to be a powerhouse soon. It is going to be fantastic. And I love how he's slowly, kind of just gradually going into it. He's on his way to the top line. He's doing it proper. Right on. But you know what? Every, read, read, read. I have to say this quickly because, Rob, Rob, you say, well, uh, I saw a bad had a great, fantastic excellent evening tonight. Too selfish penalty. This guy is... Be above, be selfish. Penalty. There's no need for this type of garbage. I love what Tip did tonight by settling it out, getting the lines flow. But come on, dry settle. two penalty like this Yamamoto is odd. Yamamoto dry, and the McDavid end up on this nine. Good for Tip. Come like,
1: on! Uh, I need to have a glass, please, before I <laughs> All right, leave J- this <laughs> Thanks, JP. And J- JP, one of his favorite players, the Archibald, uh, didn't didn't play tonight. So JP will be happier. We, we we don't know what's up with Archibald. We'll see if we get an update. Yeah, the pel- the penalties were not good.
2: No, they weren't. And. He- there's a standard that the the coaching staff wants their players to play by. You can't take silly penalties. And and it, whether you're a fourth line guy or you're, or you're a superstar, you just, you, you can't. And uh, I know that sometimes you want to play with edge, you want to be physical, you want to uh, show that you can't be pushed around, but you also got to understand that silly penalties really don't send a message other than you're frustrated. And then that gets the other team going. Like, all right, look at he's he's off his game time. Oh, he took another one. Let's keep going at him. The, the one thing that I, I I liked with Dave Tippett is he kept going with them. He said, all right, you guys took some dumb ones, but let's see you go out there and make amends. And I thought both players got better as the game went on. And Yamamoto, uh, I I mean, I was getting text saying, you know, Yamamoto should sit after that penalty. You know, you know Some we've I've seen veteran coaches where they're like, you know what? He knows it was a dumb penalty. And I'm going to give him a chance to go out there and, and make up for that. And Yamamoto did. That was the best Yamamoto's played, I think, in weeks. He was a, a difference maker tonight. And Leon, the same thing. He got better as the game went on. The, obviously putting the line together, Yamamoto, McDavid, and dry, so You'll you'll wonder if it's going to be there again next game or not. But... It, you can't take silly penalties. And the Oilers took a few tonight, and it could have cost them. Calgary could have extended the lead a couple times on the power play. The penalty killers bailed them out.
1: Oilers take it 3-2 tonight. We have Doug and Sean up next on the phone lines. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett. It's Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
8: Before history is written,
0: Orr,
7: behind the net
5: and it's played. Before
9: it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
0: McDavid looking to create some magic from behind the net. Shovels it out. Chris Russell shoots and that one off the post. Rebound score. Yes. Pulliervi and Edmonton's tied the game. Pulliervi again finding the range.
1: Pulliervi seventh of the season. That was the Oilers' first goal tonight, and it helps them to a three-two win over the Calgary Flames at Rogers Place. The Oilers are now 15-11 and 11 as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. With daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Canucks and the Maple Leafs again. 4-2 is the final. Canadians pound the Jets 7-1. Golden Knights shut out the Sharks 4-0. Rangers win 6-3 over the Devils. Spectacular goal by Matthew Barzell today as the Islanders down the Sabres 5-2. Penguins step by the Flyers 4 4-3 Panthers pound the Predators 6-2. It's the Coyotes winning at home 5-2 over Minnesota. Ducks beat the Avalanche 5-4 in overtime. Dallas shuts out the Blue Jackets 5-0. Kings win in overtime 4-3 against the Blues. The Oil Kings winning 3-1 over the Medicine Hat Tigers. So the Oil Kings are 4-0. And in the AHL, the Oilers Farm Team, Bakersfield Condors, 5-3 winners over the Ontario Reign. 780-496-0063. We have Doug standing by. Doug, thanks a lot for calling tonight. Go ahead.
10: Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. Uh, listen, uh, uh, really glad to see the boys come out of that little free game slump. Uh, uh, <laughs> what better team to break out uh, against the Flames, right? Uh, but going forward... Still a little bit concerned overall with the team. Um, as Connor goes, is what the team goes with. It's quite obvious, right? So uh, uh, talking to my nephew and a couple other buddies and whatnot. This team, um, any major moves, uh, that's not going to happen this year. It, it's just not. Uh, uh, the way the trades are, the, the, the divisions are set up, uh, You can't trade to the south, basically the states, because of the quarantine, all that kind of fun stuff. So anyway, uh, major moves won't happen until next year. But having said that, uh, and you guys know better than me. Hearing what Buffalo was saying that you know they're they're open to talking about anybody and everybody. And I'm not talking about Taylor Hall. I don't mean that. But do you guys see a potential trade or, or, or an actual hockey move that may uh, help the Oilers as a bottom six move, whatever that might be? Do you guys see that, or, or do you know offhand?
1: Well, I do, I do see that, but to speculate on on who it could be right now would be tough. But I, I think that they. I mean, I think they'd like to improve the penalty. I mean, I've thrown out the name Brandon Sutter before, just because Calgary's not, or pardon Vancouver. me, Vancouver's not doing very well, and you wouldn't have to quarantine. But I, I think Doug's right. I, I don't see uh, a major move. I could, I could see something where, yeah, maybe bottom six. Uh, is there maybe I mean, a The penalty three? kill is not good. The penalty kill is well, not and, good.
2: And I know the, I heard you and Bob talking at the beginning of the the show tonight. They're not winning faceoffs. Yeah. And you can't keep running Leon out there to take faceoffs, penalty killing, because uh, he doesn't kill as much as he used to, and that's just going to tire him out if, if he's think, out uh, every you time. you think
10: Buffalo has a number three centerman that's available? And I don't even know who that is. I, I, I don't know. Uh, or a number three D-man. I don't know.
2: Well, there. I mean, you don't just look at Buffalo. You can look at all the teams in the National oh, Hockey get League you. that are, are going to be out of the playoff race and looking to move players. Uh, it, it's just gonna be weird this year with the quarantine, I, whatever, well,
10: whatever happens. With quarantine. Can... Yeah, I don't think you you can really wait until the trade deadline. I think if you're gonna make a move, it would have to be now because whoever's coming from the states up, uh, they're basically out for two weeks, right? so I yeah. uh,
1: well, got... you think you'd still wait for the deadline though if you think yeah. you're gonna be in the playoffs and he'll help for for the post. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Doug. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win three two. We have Sean on the line. Sean, you're also going to finish the play. You've already got a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. It's going to be delivered by one of the animals from the Hungry Herd. So look for some sort of livestock well, on I your hope front it's, door soon. hope it's not going to be Reed. The, ca- well. my ca- the calf. No, he's too young. <laughs> uh, what's on your mind, Sean? Go ahead.
11: Well, first of all, I didn't know those guys were called animals, but I'd be looking up for them. But, uh, question I have, I don't know, I don't know who can answer this. Would Daryl, or is there a rule in the NHL which would prevent uh, Daryl, uh, uh, S- the Sutter yeah, from uh, coaching from a, a press box tonight with a headset?
2: Yes, there is a rule. Okay. okay. I'm pretty sure I read that there was a rule that you couldn't, if you're in quarantine, you couldn't be in the rink. Yeah, all the oh, yeah, he's yeah. got
1: to go through COVID, yeah. so
2: he can't. Yeah, he can't even be in the building yet or around anybody. Well,
11: I I thought he was in the building. That's what nope. I heard really-
2: I don't believe so. I don't. I don't think he could be. I think okay. the COVID rules. I think it's. Uh, yeah, there, I don't think there was any chance
1: he was in here. Tonight. Yeah, as far as I know, he he wasn't because okay. I the what I saw was that well, he can't even run a practice till Tuesday. Yeah. I was curious. Yeah, if uh, yeah. somebody can correct us if we're wrong, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. think that he could be in the building.
11: You know, I'll be listening. But anyways, the other thing I wanted to say was, I don't understand why the media, uh, when the Oilers lose uh, three games in a row, <laughs> like they did last week, why the media has to uh, ask uh, questions in such a way to make the guys feel they're less than human beings. We know that they make lots of money. uh,
1: Look, uh, Sean, I don't think I do that, quite frankly.
11: No, I'm not saying you. Well, you're talking
1: to a member of the media now, so I'm not going to speak for everybody else. I I don't think I do that.
11: Okay, well, uh, you know, uh,
1: Terry Jones and... uh, Well, complain to their employers. I mean, I'm not going to debate you about how other people act. I'm a member of the media. If you want to say something to me about my work, you can say it. I don't think I do that to people. I think I'll ask direct questions, but I don't think I belittle people.
11: No, but listen... All I'm saying is, uh, there's. A, it's like what I feel like is, you know, when they lose a game or two or three in a row, uh, the the way the media asks the guys the questions is like sticking a microphone in a face of someone whose relative have died in a a plane crash and ask, you know, uh, how do you feel? And I just think that there's a better way to phrase questions. To get the players more engaged. And that's the reason why Dry Saddle, uh snapped the other night and said, oh, yeah, you know, we feel great losing uh, three games in a row. So that's, you know, that's my whole uh, point about that. Am I still on the air?
1: Yep. No, you are. Yes, yeah, so I'm still on the air. You're okay. still on the air. Uh yeah, you're going to play the contest. I mean, I should. I want to be on the record here, too. I didn't have a problem with how Drysaddle responded. Oh, I... Neither Rob nor I criticize him for that, and I don't criticize Titch for asking the questions. Sometimes little exchanges like that happen.
11: Right, I didn't criticize Drysaddle either. I'm just saying he snapped because, you know, there was pressure, which doesn't need to be there when the media is asking questions, that's all. Okay, so let's move on. I thank you for taking my call.
1: All right, here's the clue
0: for finish the play. And now we're going to have James Neal fighting, and they're going toe-to-toe with Matthew Kachuk, Neal and Kachuk. Kachuk lands a couple of left jabs. These are ex-teammates, remember. And now Kachuk trying to get inside. Neal lands a right hand and eats a left jab from Kachuk. The two string one another out. Neal looking to load up, lands a right uppercut. Kachuk forces him against the Calgary boards, lands a couple of chopping right hands. Neal able to shake it
1: off, looking to counter with a right. Of his own, and he knocked Kachuk off balance, and the two tumbled to the ice. All right, Sean, that was uh, one of two fights tonight. Do you remember who was in the other fight? That's right, uh, the Lug and uh, Nurse. <laughs> well, you got to say his name, <laughs> Lucic. All right, you got it. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a thousand-dollar gift certificate. Division's Electronics, courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at PF Custom Countertops. dot Calm. That was Sean. I don't think there's any comparison between uh, people dying in a plane crash or losing a hockey game by the way just put that on the record too
2: I, I agree with you I, I, I know I know what he's going with and I have had questions that I don't that I find wrong I've, I've had to sit and listen to them ask questions uh, I and then sometimes the players criticize if he's too honest i i like the way leon answered it he was honest and always like all right if you're going to ask that question here's how i'm going to answer it and the reporter can ask anything and i should
1: also point out titch tweeted the next morning my fault
2: well good for him i I like titch i I really do
1: i think it's uh i think that whole thing got blown out of proportion people go back and forth sometimes like you know that's that's life that's interpersonal relationships
2: yeah, I, I mean I had no problem with either side of it. Honestly, I didn't. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to I mean, I'm going to bite my tongue but about But I mean, stuff. I I there's been way way worse things or way way worse questions. Sometimes you get redundant questions and the player looks at you like, "Okay, hey, seriously? That's what you're asking me? You had all you had all day long to think of a question. This is what you're giving me?" And there's other times where players are just their frustration and you could ask them anything and you were going to get a smart-aleck re- reply. But I think for the most part uh, I mean, you just think about how many times Conor and Leon have had to sit in a, a press room. I think for the most part, uh, both the players and the press here have, you know, been pretty uh, amicable where they, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews, and this is the first time that we've had to talk about it in a long, long time. So.
1: Boy, oh, yeah, most of it's fine. Yeah. Most of it's very, very professional mm-hmm. and yeah. just kind of standard procedure.
2: Player, players have... Reporters or media that they like, and players have reporters oh, that, and media oh, that, that they don't too. like. Yeah, that's you true.
1: Know? That's true as well. Yep. And I can assure you that media have players that oh, yeah, they, they don't like sometimes too.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be on the player side on this one.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not taking sides. <laughs> but I'm just saying that's part of the the human relation. That that whole thing got completely blown out of proportion.
2: I thought it was funny honestly i did i was like you and i were here because yeah, we listened to it together I've, I've
1: had that happen to me i don't
2: i don't give a crap i'm like okay sometimes you're gonna try with a question
1: and sometimes you th- you ask a question and you think well this might be a stupid question and then you might get a great answer or a great story so you just gotta trust okay this is this is the moment this is what happened or
2: this is maybe a story i'm gonna ask you and i were giggling when we were listening because we listened to it at the same time the, that it came out on the radio it was kind of funny.
1: Alright, 780-496-0063 is how you can get us. You're still going to hear from Tip and McDavid. Oilers win it 3-2. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take it 3-2. McDavid with three points. He's the first star tonight. Elias Lindholm picked as the second star. Kyler Yamamoto, the third star. I put out a Twitter poll for the fourth star courtesy of Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca and the Fans who have voted have selected Mike Smith as the fourth star tonight. Why not? 34 saves. He's 7-2 on the season. My goodness. On the Teed hotline, we have Anthony standing by. Anthony, go ahead, sir. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing quite well.
12: Hey, good. Actually, I'm in Dundas, Ontario, a, uh, oh. a Bryson a Bryson DeChambeau drive from Brantford where there was a great <laughs> tribute a great tribute yep. today to Walters, so that was great.
1: Dundas, Ontario, uh, home of the Dundas-Real McCoys senior AAA team, and I believe the uh, hosts community for the 2001 Allen Cup won by the Lloydminster Border Kings.
12: There you go. Hey, there you go. And we also won, yeah, we won that Kraft Hockeyville a few years later, which was great,
2: so... It's tomorrow there already, isn't it? You're up really late.
12: There you go. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing, man. I'm a big Oilers fan, and, uh, you know, the one thing I want to say about the Oilers tonight, I thought Mike Smith played really well, but more than that, I'm just really tired both as an Oiler and a Lee fan of a Matthew Gachuk, and uh, <laughs> I just wish the Oilers would, you know, truly do something about it and not, it, not have it be... Uh, Uh, James Neal, I mean, whether it means calling up, uh, I don't know, D'Arna or Sachs or Jacks or, I don't know, someone from Bakersfield to try to deal with it and uh, not cost a roster player. I'm just getting really tired of the antics and uh, uh, just the constant. He's constantly in the blue tape, or sorry, in the blue paint. And, um, yeah, just really tired of it, you know. So I'd love to see that dealt with. But it's going to get worse with Sutter as the coach.
1: Yeah, well, yeah maybe. I, agree with, I agree with that. You're <laughs> well, absolutely right there. But, but you know what I'll say? And look, I, I think Kachuk is an extremely talented hockey player. But speaking of, you know, the Oilers took three kind of boneheaded penalties. Yep. So did Kachuk. I mean, there's no reason for him to... If he well, doesn't jump, that's not a penalty. No, it was
2: dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. I mean, I actually thought the Oilers were going to win the game on that penalty. I really did. They're going to get the power play and score. Now they didn't. But that's a dumb penalty to take at that point of the hockey game. There's no need to do it. So the, the, the last time that the two teams played... What they did against um, Kachuk was he ignored him, And when you got a pest, if you ignore the pest, eventually the pest goes away. And tonight as the game went on, Kachuk became less effective. In the first period, he was very effective. He was physical and threw some big hits. But the Oilers didn't respond, and he just became less effective, eventually taking a dumb penalty to be noticed. So to me, the best way to deal with players like that is ignore them. And that's the way you beat them.
12: Yeah, and I think, and Rob, you'd know better than you know, you'd know better than any of us uh, guys calling in. But as I say, it would sure be nice to see, uh, you know, someone just, as I say, try to really get him off his game, and um, um, I don't know, put him out, so to speak. But
2: uh, you well, know, it's anyhow, funny. When, thanks
12: for taking my call, he, Yeah, he,
2: thanks for staying when he, up. When he took that penalty tonight, I'm on a. a, a Group chat. There's about 25 of us on it, and I bet you 20 of them said, "I really hope they score well." And they had a lot of different names for Kachuk <laughs> in the penalty box, but there, yeah, everyone wanted that to be the the reason the Edmonton Oilers won. Uh, Kachuk wasn't as effective as the game went on because they ignored him. So that's how you have to play him. But as the caller said, Kachuk is getting a coach that's going to love love the way that he plays and it's going to give him a little more license to be what he does best
1: all right Connor mcdavid scores late in the third the oilers win 3-2 over the flames let's hear from head coach dave tippett courtesy mattress superstore
6: brian rishog tsn
3: david seemed uh it seemed clear early on that it was you know going to be a, a physical battle how happy were you with uh your group's willingness to kind of answer to that. They're not just talking the scraps, just overall your whole group kind of answering that style of play and and
9: winning a game like that. Well, we knew it was going to be a competitive game. You know, their situation with changing the coach and our situation with uh, needing to get our game back in order. So um, you knew it was going to be a real competitive game. You know, we, I thought we got better as the game went on. You knew they were going to push early. They dumped a lot of pucks at the net uh, in the first period. And then, uh, you know, we kind of got our legs under us. And I liked the way we worked the second and third period. And, and uh, Connor and Leon and Yamo... Uh, gave okay, us a big period in the third and we ended up getting the points one
3: ask about darnell nurse specifically i mean obviously he's an important player and you want him on the ice but it seemed like it was a you know maybe a moment he recognized or you know how do you feel about about him doing that and you know what does it say about him that, that he does that
9: well he's he's one of our leaders that's you know n- nobody can tell a player when to fight, why to fight, whatever. Those those things happen, and those, those are, you know, you're into battles in the game, and those are things that uh, people engage in to try to help your team win and try to help your team get momentum and whatever it is. So he's one of our leaders, and at that time of the game, we, you know, we were pushing back. We were just getting our feet under us, and uh, it was a good battle, and we line up again right after they come out, and away we went.
6: Mark Spector,
9: Sportsnet.
5: Tell me, Dave, about a team that, you know, you're right. You come in the game and you're trying to find your game. And the first period happens and they take it, you know, they come at you pretty hard. And you're still looking for your game in the second period. You had to win in a hockey game that, that was hard to win, right? Is this the kind of game you're
9: looking for? Well, every game's hard to win, no matter what. It's We were just talking about the staff they there after watching the highlights from around the league. Every game is hard to win. So you, you go into it with a mindset, you're going to try to find a way to win. Sometimes you have to make adjustments when you go in. Sometimes you have to recognize a little better how you have to play to win. So, um, you know, we knew this was going to be a hard game. Like I say, with their circumstance, us, uh, we knew we had to play better. And I like the way we hung into the game, you know, Schmidty gave us some real, some real good saves, and uh, but our, our team competed, especially the second and third period. We competed really hard, and that's the, we got to continue to build on that. You know, the the Toronto series was uh, wasn't very good for us. We got to build our game back up tonight, and we took a step in the right direction tonight.
5: A, cou- a couple of players specifically who took frustration sort of penalties. Drysdale took a couple where he whacked guys and. Yamamoto kicked feet out, and you know they, were, they appeared to be frustrated, and they then kind of hunkered down and, and put together a really strong second half of the game. and Came right back and led your team. Is that yeah, you don't, team? you don't,
9: you don't like uh, you don't like undisciplined penalties, but he gets. Uh you know, it gets real competitive. If you saw Yamamoto got elbowed right in the mouth just a couple seconds before that. So he's, you know, there's emotion involved in that. So, I mean, you're, you, you want to have emotion, you want to be competitive, but you got to be disciplined. And those are areas that we, you know, those are three things in the game that we need to improve. But that being said, I like how competitive we are and we were in the game. We competed on battles and we found a way to win.
6: Terry Jones, Post Media. But Dave, what do you think or hope that the
9: significance of, of of tonight will be in terms of the bigger picture? Well, we we didn't play very well for three games. We got to start building our game back up. So you got to you got to recognize what you have to do to win. And we, uh, you know, like I say, we we took some steps tonight. Um, you know, there's there's a competitive level you have to be at in this league if you're going to win. It doesn't matter who you're playing, and. You know, the last couple of days we've focused on that and I give the players a ton of credit. They came out and, uh, and competed hard and we found a way to win. And could you discuss the... Uh the whole circumstance
5: are an inspiration of putting the uh dynamic duo back together for this
9: one and uh is it a one game thing or uh, where do you sit with that uh, we'll see we're just looking for a spark there you know we we're, we haven't been creating very much so we're just looking for a spark and we put them back together and and uh yeah I'm a nice fit with them so we'll see where it goes
1: all right, that is Dave Tippett after the Oilers beat Calgary 3-2. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout on Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers take it 3-2 over the Flames. Connor McDavid, game winner with 345 left in the third. He had three points tonight. We're going to get to McDavid here, uh, ASAP. Rocket, we, we want to play the McDavid stuff, so uh, I, I we appreciate you calling, obviously, but I, I'm going to ask you to uh, move with alacrity tonight if you can. Yeah, no worries. Go ahead, buddy.
12: Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, uh I, I, I thought you were
7: moving me. Uh no, I just wanted to say like, you know, there are some games where you talk about, you know, how players won the game and and this, that and the other thing, but tonight was one of those games in the NHL where I think uh Dave Tippett deserves a lot of credit as a coach and to be honest with you I think he's the he's the the first star in the game
2: no good point he he went and and changed the lineup when he knew that offensively the Oilers were a little stagnant and he put the two stars together and they were excellent created a number of chances Uh, three was probably the the least amount of goals that that line was going to score tonight and they had just enough in them to, to get them a big victory but yeah Dave Tippett had a feeling put them together and the feeling paid off
1: thank you Rocket okay let's go back to the Zoom room here's the captain Connor McDavid trog
3: tsn hey connor it seemed like um you know there was a physical price to be paid to kind of be in that game and, and to win that game you know do you do you like the way your team responded and I'm not just talking fights but just physically tonight the way your team responded to that
13: yeah, i loved it i thought uh you know obviously uh uh you know nursey taking on the big man is uh is something special and uh it for sure got us going um kneeler to uh to drop him with uh, good shot, obviously, is uh, an emotional one for our group, and, and uh, you know, got us going as well. So, hats off to both of those guys. Um, and I thought the rest of the group had lots of lots of jump. Um, and I thought Smitty did a great job of uh, you know buying us time and and, uh, and and allowing us to get our legs into it. And um, you know, I thought it was a, a good team win. Yeah, you had to you
3: had to paddle back a few times as well. You, had, you know. A good sign that your group had it in you to
13: do that. Of course, um, you know we didn't find a way to do it the last three games. So, um, you know they obviously get a, a, a power play goal. Um, you know we hold them there. Smitty holds them there, and and uh, we get our legs going and slowly take over the game. And I thought uh, um, we did a great job responding then. And and, uh, and then obviously in the third period they they score a point shot and just kind of finds a way through traffic. And um, you know we responded again. So two positives for sure.
5: Terry Jones,
9: Post Media. Connor, how significant of a win do you believe this is? I
13: think it's a big win. Um, you know, when you're sliding like uh, like we were, it's sometimes it's tough to to find a way out of it, and I thought we did a great job as, a, as an entire group of, of just staying with it, sticking with it, um, you know, holding on to that game, even though we probably didn't get off to our, our best start. Um you know, I, I, I love the way that, uh, you know, we kind of held on to that one. So, you know, hopefully that uh, builds us some momentum heading into a, a very big Ottawa series here this week.
5: Can you also speak to uh, that three-game pointless uh, streak you had and, and uh, what you think busting out like this will mean to you personally? <clears throat>
13: Um, I mean, I'm not sure what you really want me to say about it. I thought uh, um, Toronto did a good job and, and uh, you know, I didn't play my best hockey and, um, you know, I need to, I need to, to play better for, for our group. And, um, you know, personally, obviously just uh, for, for my own pride. So, um, you know, I was happy to, to contribute tonight, but that's all I did. Um, you
6: know, everyone else was great. Dear Fendi's post media. <clears throat> Connor, I want to ask you about just go, just being down one nothing after that first period. How big was Mike Smith for you guys? And I know they were kind of kind of be, be a fired up team because they got a new coach that they're trying to impress. But just to be down one goal after that first notice, how big was that?
13: Period? I mean, anytime you give up 20 shots in a period, it's not a good period. Um, and uh, and he was uh, he was great for us, like he's been all season long. So, like I said earlier, he did a great job of allowing us to kind of get our feet into the game and and our minds into the game and. Um, You know, he he provides so much energy for us, uh, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. So, um, you know, another massive night for uh, for 41.
6: And they did come out hitting uh, you guys in that first period. They did come out physical physical with you guys, but did you like the way you matched their intensity though? like, you guys didn't back down from that? Uh, yeah, I mean it's about Alberta.
13: Um, you know, that you're gonna get you're gonna get that intensity. You're gonna get uh, that physicality. Um, you know, you gotta understand the situation as well. They're obviously coming off a coaching change and and uh, and trying to, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, put that you know ignite that intensity and that energy into their lineup. So, you know, we knew that was coming. I thought uh, you know we did a great job responding, obviously with Nealer and and there. Um, You there. Know, it takes a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, bravery, we'll call it, uh, to, to step in there with Big Luch and um, and, and again Nealer. Um, you know, dropping him with with Kachuk is massive. So, like I said, I I liked uh, I liked the way we responded. Yeah.
6: Jason Gregor, TSN C <clears throat> Connor, in practice
0: yesterday, Dave Tippett talked that he, you know, wasn't happy with the neutral zone play. It really puts that as an emphasis. And, in the, you know, your, your tying goal and then again the winning goal, both stem off the of plays coming out of your own zone through the neutral zone. How do you feel your team responded to that? maybe challenge from the coach? Or do you feel you were much better in just controlling the puck and moving through the neutral zone as a unit?
13: Well, the neutral zone is such a massive part of the game. You know, if you can control the middle of the ice, you're you're usually going to win. So, um, Toronto did a great job of. Uh, of controlling that not allowing us to get through that and and coming through us uh, you know quite quickly so uh, i thought tonight we did a better job of slowing them up a bit um allowing our d to break some pucks out i thought our d were, were better at moving it quickly getting it up the ice and uh and then uh you know a little bit of patience as well when we when we need to build it so um yeah i liked uh i liked how it contributed to our our, our game tonight
0: you mentioned the whole group stepped up in a lot of different ways and i think that's valid uh, one guy you're not expecting a lot of offense from but chris russell chips in to assist for your team and you know, was really good uh, on a penalty kill i uh, think late in the second period so kind
6: of talk about you know his performance and
13: contribution tonight well rusty rusty brings it each and every night uh he's one of the toughest guys i know um you know, he's a guy that uh, I think the whole league's got a lot of respect for, and, and uh, you know, we, you know, in our room, we got a lot of respect for him too. And, and uh, you know, he was able to uh, contribute offensively. I think he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is offensively, moving pucks and and uh, and making plays. So um, you know, he got a couple bounces tonight, but it's a credit to him breaking the puck out and moving it through
6: the middle. <clears throat> Final question, Jim Matheson, post media. Uh, Connor,
1: you know, yourself and Leon have, have hardly played together, uh, even strength this
13: season on the power play all the time. What was it like to be back with Leon for at least two thirds of the hockey game? Yeah, it's always fun. You know, he's one of the best players in the entire world, and and, and probably the best passer in the world, as you saw on the on the second goal there to Yamo. So, um, you know, as a, as an offensive player, it's a, it's a dream to be able to play with a guy like that. Um, you know, who just uh, who makes so many plays. So. Um, Obviously, have to, to to play with them. Whether it stays or not, that's not my choice, and and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll continue to battle together.
1: That is Connor McDavid. He gets the game winner tonight. The Oilers knock off the Flames 3-2. You can get more on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler. Our game day engineer here at Rogers Place sent to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chet. Next broadcast, Monday, 5.30 face-off show game at 7, Oilers and Senators. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line, from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Take care.